the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Little switcheroo we got going on today, Rachel. Yep. What's happening here? You're on the... So for those of you who have never seen our actual like video or mm. clips or whatever, Mike's usually on the one and a half couch. Yeah. And I'm usually on the long couch. We just have it like zoomed in. Mm-hmm. Um, we switched spots today because I watch TV in this chair, the chair that Mike always sits in. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah. But you know what I feel like we could do? What can we do? Okay. So you and I are both in therapy. Big time. We love big therapy friends here. We could do little social clips where one of us is laying on the couch talking about something hockey that really pisses us off. And the other one is just therapizing them. <laughs> kind of like hey, dangling. Yeah, I was going to say, I wanted to give, I want to give a shout to blue and white therapy for, uh, from the, the long running hit Sportsnet uh, segment with, with uh, you know, noted superstar Steve Dangle and Faisal Kamisa. No, that's a great idea. It'd be like, I don't know, some sort of like, I don't know, NHL therapy or something like that. But it would be, it would be great because there's a lot that we, we, I think is worth talking about with a licensed professional, AKA you and I, um, cause we are licensed professionals, uh, for what we don't know, but that's <laughs> yeah. who we are. Um, well, nobody in Montreal thinks we're licensed professionals, but you know what? Now we're raising money for, yes. Uh, we're raising money for jumpstart our charity of choice. Uh, go to jumpstart.ca. Basically M- Montreal Canadians fans heard our podcast. Well, I actually don't think they heard our I podcast. I don't really think they did. They just yeah. saw that we weren't praising your Slavkovsky. And so they decided to be very mean. And after I stopped crying, picked myself up um, and uh, uh, I realized, man, this is uh, I'm going to check on Rachel. And instead of 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 being sad, Rachel thought, I'm going to turn this into something good. And so now for every year, I point for the rest of the season, uh, we're going to be donating five dollars to jumpstart or Rachel will be donating five dollars to jumpstart yeah I'm not gonna put choice. that evil on Mike like I yeah. me signing up for it does not automatically I did not have money. I did not have any say in this matter so I, so don't. Why not? but what? hey it's- I will I will I will chip in I'm just a very poor man like so but uh and then on top of that uh other other people other Habs people who were being very mean as well but they're also gonna do it so at least we got something nice out of what was just a very weird situation yeah um, you know what like if I'm wrong on Slavkovsky, then we'll have a mea culpa. We're not even wrong. Like we said that but he's coming around. Is- he just hasn't been that great so far for, for a first overall pick. It wasn't like, and he's been, holy be- moly. And if we're being honest, like the last 25 games, he has been a point a game. Like he's no, been, been seven. Hey, 17 and 19 is not a point per game, but he's been so much better. No, he's been so much better. Yeah. And if he continues on that trajectory, then yes, he will not be a bust. He will. If he continues on that trajectory in his prime, you will likely think that he's going to be a point per game player, which yes. is what we said in the podcast. We said if a player, if a, fir- if a first overall pick is not a point per game player in this prime, as a forward, as a forward in his prime, then it's disappointing. 
I'm not sure uh, because I got it screamed at me about 50,000 times on Friday. I'm not sure if people are uh, aware that a 19 year old is, is not in, in a, their prime. Is not in his prime, exactly. Um, but hey, you know. But if, cool. he, if I am wrong and he is not a bust, which mm-hmm. to be fair, we haven't labeled him a bust yet. It's just he hasn't lived up to expectations of a first overall pick, and I actually think that's more on the Canadians organization than it is on him. Yes. Now that's fine. Someone dredged up a tweet of mine from 2018. First of all, that is lunatic. Six behavior. years ago, of basically like it was the Habs do you, do getting. You know how much you've tweeted in the last a six lot, years? A lot. A <laughs> lot. Uh, how much everyone has tweeted in the last six years? A lot. But someone I saw a screenshot of being like, "This guy's always." being wrong about the Habs. And it was a, a screenshot from six years ago when the Habs traded away uh, Jakob Jerebek, uh for like a fifth or a sixth. And it was like, I was like, death taxes and the, the Habs given up on a talented young defenseman before he could thrive. And Mikhail Sergeyev. Well, I was going to say like that, that happened. And also at the time, <laughs> Yerbeck, I mean, he had pedigree. So, Ryan McDonough ring a bell? Ryan McDonough, uh, you know, even, like not young, but, but like... They got Lane in. Hudson coming. Exactly. And he's going to be great. Um, but... Just it was just like crazy times, but Rachel, something great is coming out of it. Uh, there is that, literally zero downside to donating to charity. Exactly. Zero. You know, it'll it it. And it if you want to yell at me, cause. that's fine. Odds are I'm not going to see it because yeah. I've muted everything mm-hmm. and I've also muted a bunch of words and blocked a bunch of people. And I don't understand this whole situation of like, oh, if you block someone, you're soft. No, no, no. I govern my social media how I want to govern it. If you want to have conversation and disagreement that's cordial i have no issues engaging with you when you start with the name calling the personal attacks that kind of thing that that crosses the line and i will block you because Mm -hmm. you frankly just don't need to be anywhere near my timeline yeah man not that i would see it generally but i also i just don't want to give you the license to interact with anything that i do so you could think it's soft I don't give a fuck what you think. Uh, I'm going to run my social media how I choose to run it. And if that means I'm muting a bunch of people and blocking a bunch of other people because I am choosing to run my social media like that, then that's how I'm going to do it. See, I tend to mute over block just because of that reason of people being like, like people will use it as like a feather in their cap. They'll be like, yeah, I freaking own this dude. He blocked me. Like, that's how crazy. That's how much I got in his head, man. So I made him block me where I'm just like, I don't want to deal with you. It's fu- so I, I just like mute you. 12 Habs fans blocked. And let me tell you, my, Only? Block, my block list is 99% people with Second Amendment and anti-abortion in their bios. Let me tell you, like, I don't, my blocking doesn't stop at hockey fans. If yeah. I see someone in my replies that is anti like human yeah. rights, it's an immediate block. I, yeah, I just mute a bunch of people. Um, I've only blocked a couple, I think maybe, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's just, but I, what I found lately though, is that his Elon has screwed Twitter up so much um, that like, I will see people who I've muted show up all the time. So you mean to tell me that the guy who's allowing uh, my pussy in bio bought I was going to bring that and up. Yeah. I have a gift or I have something better. Like, okay. So here's the deal. Can we just rant? I'm just want to rant for a second about how much Twitter sucks right now. I want to, I want to ask you your opinion okay. on something. And I haven't asked okay. you this. Offline. No, you ha- I don't know what you're going to ask me. What is okay. it? So I have found the bots to be so annoying that I am tempted to flick the, who can reply to this conversation to basically people I follow. Yeah. But then I feel like it, 
I feel like they come through though. They they break through the body. No, but counts. I wonder. Okay, so I like engaging in intelligent discourse. Mm-hmm. I also think well, you're at the wrong place. Twitter is you're, you're, the, bad, you, the worst place for that. If you so like engaging thing, in intelligent discourse, you're on the wrong app. <laughs> so my thing is, if I flick it to who people I yeah. follow can reply, or people you mentioned, even people I mentioned. Yeah. No, but people I follow because then it's yeah. like I value. I usually I value their opinions, mm-hmm. right? People are going to be like, oh, that's so soft, like, whatever. No, no, I just don't want to deal with the bots. But that's, like, like that's kind of where I'm at, is, like... Are you if, telling me that there are not a bunch of beautiful naked women in my replies every time I tweet? I hate to break it to you. No! I've given them all my credit card information. <laughs> what am I going to do now? Damn it, Michael. <laughs> They're going to steal the $3 I have. It's going to be... <laughs> de- oh, No! Um, no. I loved it. And that one person was like, I, I am going to take all your money from you. And you're like, good luck. Can you man. take my debt too? <laughs> good luck. I, hey, hey, I'm not in debt. Well, there you go. There you go. But what? No, what, this was back when you were in school. Oh yeah. But what's funny is I look, I, I think it's, I think it's great to make a living in an ethical way. However you can. However, every, this is not that <laughs> every single tweet I see, like every viral tweet. It will be like, I, I don't know why there, there has to, at this point there has to be, and I know that there aren't like kids on Twitter, I guess, but if there are, there should be like a parental lock because on every viral tweet I see, like, for example, I will see a tweet. Let's just say, hypothetically, I'll see a tweet. That's like the Yarmir this, yogurts, uh, or even, even that not, popped but not night. even like hockey. Like I'm talking like anything it will be like uh, back in, uh, or, or it'll be like a video of like a tiger, uh, like, like, mouth like eats a, a gazelle okay and it's a crazy it's crazy footage and, the, and the, it'll be from an account called like crazy animal videos and it'll have like a million likes or whatever and it'll be tiger tiger eats eats gazelle with fury or something all the replies are blue check people with only fans accounts re- responding like you can eat me with this and the most graphic video i've ever seen in my life that is all replies are these days it's crazy. I'm not so, kidding. So is it acceptable to turn replies off? Like, I think at this point, because I guarantee you, if you ever had a tweet, like I've had a tweet that's, I've had a couple tweets that have gone like, that have popped off for some, man, for one that, reason. One was about like Star Wars, for example. Yeah. And the other one was your Avengers Kawhi Leonard one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but like that, I'm even like, I've had. That tweet, was pre-bots though. That was pre, that was like 2019. Yeah. That was, that was back when life made sense. But the, uh, every, I guarantee you go search like any of the big accounts that are like, I don't know, like pop base or not even pop base, but I mean like the TMZ, just like the meme accounts. Like there's one called like hurt copane. Isn't one, uh, uh, I'm trying to think like a bunch of others, all of the replies are only fans. People like replying to that it'll be it is with like something to do with the tweet it's crazy and it's like 20 of them every time and i just i found that you used to be able to like a funny tweet would go out a viral tweet would go out and you'd scroll through the replies like youtube comments and they'd be really funny or they'd say something interesting and now it's literally just dick and ass right in my face in the most graphic way possible and i'm just like i don't need to see this at nine in the morning i don't there's like okay anyway basically i'm just not gonna check my replies anymore i just think yeah and i feel like that's probably gonna serve a dual purpose Mm -hmm. not gonna deal with any bots Mm -hmm. also not gonna deal with any nonsense because the other thing is is if i follow you i'm going to get a notification 
when you reply. And if mm-hmm. I don't follow you, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So I guess it kind of works. Anyways, the PWHL. They had quite the weekend, man. This was this was this was a monumental. I think it's safe to say, it. and we and just because obviously the league is 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 early in its birth, early in its lifespan, um, that uh, a lifespan, by the way, that I hope goes on forever uh, because it's great. But every week seems to be a monumental week. But this really was. They had the Battle of Bay Street. Uh, you know, Toronto uh, taking on uh, Montreal. Montreal. Sorry, I'm stumbling my words here. But yes, Toronto taking on Montreal at a sold out Scotiabank Arena. Toronto wins three nothing. Kristen Campbell with a thirty save shutout. But the the Mike main, is so excited about the I am. PWHL. the main can't story get a though. The main out. story though. Well, it's awesome because I saw like just the stuff I saw of like young people, like young girls watching watching people that look like them and act like them play in front of all in a sold out building on NHL ice, like on professional ice being like, Holy crap, I can do this. Like I remember going to my first leaf game way back when I was a kid. And I don't know, it must've been through some sort my of first leaf work. game was at the gardens. That's yeah. That's I was crazy. You're three years old. Yeah, like that's a baby. Yeah. But I remember going to Scotiabank or not Scotiabank arena, Air Canada, Air Canada Center. Center. And like, I remember even just walking in the concourse and looking through the the tunnel to the ice in like the 300 levels, but just seeing that there, I'm like, holy crap, the ice is there. That's so crazy. And like, I've realized that, you know, young girls, they didn't get that experience that I did. They didn't get that moment like you. Yeah. Like growing up when I was a young girl like you soccer teams in Germany, like there was never not to the same extent. There was never like a women's program. Like Mm. when I trained in the summers, I trained with the boys. Yeah. I always did. The only sport I ever did that allowed me to be around girls that like where we could look up to each other was gymnastics. Yes. Obviously. I mean, let's, if we're being bluntly honest here, the greatest gymnasts are women. Like Simone Biles is the greatest gymnast of all time. And it is not close. I could not name you a, uh, like, like I just couldn't name you a male gymnast. I couldn't off the top of my head. I couldn't, but I can name can... you like four ma- uh, male or female right. gymnasts. So I think it's, it's great. I mean, the other thing I wanted to mention was the actual atmosphere in the building it was nuts. It wasn't Raptors in the playoffs nuts, but it was far and away. Like it was leaf leaf playoff loud. Oh yeah. Like it was loud in there and, and it was a regular season game. Like I think, there are so many people that are so excited about women's sports, women's hockey, that they're finally going to be able to support women's sports, mm. that the atmosphere seemed, number one, it seemed a hell of a lot more accessible to younger kids. I saw a ton of young kids there. Mm. I saw a ton of families there. So they're making hockey more accessible in this city mm. in the way that the Leafs simply aren't. Yes. Right. Tickets are far cheaper. It's oh, yeah. far more accessible to go to a game. The athletes show a ton more personality, if we're being very honest about it. And I just really liked that I can go to a Leaf game and I know what I'm getting in terms of atmosphere. I loved that I could go to a PWHL Toronto game, of which I am going on Friday. I'm very excited. I can go and it is the same building, the same sport. And a completely different atmosphere. I love that. It's really cool. It is really cool. Like it's they it was they set an attendance record for women's hockey. 
So that it was the most attended women's hockey game in history. Things Nin- we love to see. Exactly. 19,285 people. The Leafs have only drawn more than that once this year. It was when Colorado came in, I believe, uh, in January. That's it. Are they good? They're good. But like the Leafs, like the, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the you know, gold standard of, of hockey and this like, from a business tickets, perspective. So I double checked. This was tickets scanned. So the Leafs have had consecutive sellouts for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. And that's just because every ticket in the building is always sold is sold yes so they you can it's a sellout mm-hmm. that doesn't mean every seat is always filled oh I, it's definitely not i can tell you from yeah. whereas you know. the pwhl game it was not tickets sold it was tickets scanned yes people actually there Nineteen thousand two hundred and eighty-five. absolutely brilliant 10 That's out of 10 exactly like when it comes to tickets scanned the leafs have only match that or, or surpass that once. once this season. And it was for a marquee opponent. Yeah. On I believe on a Saturday night. Absolutely incredible. And these women deserve it. It was honestly all the goal scoring came in the third. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Uh Kristen Campbell gets a shutout. But I just I don't know. It was more about the vibe for me. Yeah. And I'm with those. I'm so excited for Friday. Like I can't wait. PWHL New York's in town. Like they're obviously a really good team. Alex Carpenter, like one of the leading scorers in the league. Um, my friend's playing on PWHL New York, so like I'm, I'm super excited just to go and support her. Um, what I like about all this is every single, and and this is brought up a lot, is that every every single time there's the whole uh, like build it and we will come type of argument. You're going well. There's no market for women's sports, and every time, whenever they are put in a position to succeed, they over deliver. They they. Between. completely succeed and it just proves it just proves those naysayers wrong every time it's amazing between caitlin clark mm-hmm. oh. breaking the ncaa women's record mm-hmm. for point scoring and sabrina Ionescu. Ionescu, yeah uh getting as many points as the winner of the three-point competition so mm-hmm. only stephen curry outscored her mm-hmm. and the pwhl shattering a record it was a bad weekend for the nobody cares about women's sports crowd <laughs> I also like people are also shout out to Caitlin Clark and Sabrina Ionescu. They put the, first of all, Caitlin Clark is when I watch March Madness this year, I'm going to be like Iowa is appointment television for me. Mm-hmm. Like she's, Iowa women's to be clear. She is like the, she's the marquee athlete. Well, the, the WNBA is obviously like it's a thriving league. That's, oh, and that's because the, the NBA has put a ton of effort behind supporting it. And so have all the major broadcast partners, which is which one of those has happened a lot with the PWHL this year. Um, hasn't happened with the NHL yet. Like the NHL hasn't formally uh, put their sort of no, but stamp NHL on players it. have it. That's exactly. Cool. Which is huge. Um, but like Caitlin Clark is going to is like going to be their Michael Jordan. Like like Caitlin Clark or is going to be their Caitlin Clark, you know, like when she because Caitlin Clark's going to be at the NBA All-Star game next year because she I can almost guarantee you INSQ and Stephen Curry are gonna say we want Caitlin Clark here yeah because I I am not unconvinced that she couldn't win the three-point competition like she's that good she Look, man, you get half you get you, all the time you get first of all she beat I believe she broke the record with like a pull-up from like half court basically half court it's the yeah. logo yeah she like it's it's crazy she's just playing the way back from the she's logo. playing with people she's just playing like just toying with her food it's it's crazy um but like she is she's the gonna be the michael jordan of the WNBA. like she is going to be the moment that double like, c's caitlin clark that like just 
puts that that league into the stratosphere. I don't have a WNBA jersey. Whatever team she, I don't really do basketball jerseys. Mm-hmm. I have an old school Raptors one because the purple is my favorite color yeah. and I love it. Whatever team Caitlin Clark plays for, getting a jersey. Absolutely. Like, not even a discussion. Now, another thing in our PWHL report here, Rachel, is that Michaela Grant-Mentis, so a very important player in the PHF, uh, she was, I would say, a headliner in the the PHF, uh, she was released by Ottawa. this is weird. And this was, you know, according to industry sources, this surprised a lot of people. Now, the thing about the PWHL is uh which is indifference to the nhl is that they can just release you whenever yeah so unless you're pregnant i reached out to somebody at the pa i haven't heard back from them yet Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna have we'll update this when we can you called brian burke up i (laughs) no but okay so the pwhl does obviously there's no like ahl equivalent there's no (laughs) minors but there is like a non-roster list. And so you can't be, you can't have your contract terminated if you're injured or on bad leave. Yes. But you can have it terminated. And I feel like that is very anti-player. Yeah. So I don't I'm know why they see, agreed to that. But I wonder if the reason that it was terminated was so that she could go and try and play for another team. Probably because she was a healthy scratch the I last three games. I have to think that she agreed to this at some start. Otherwise, what is the Players Association good for if you're just allowing teams to terminate contracts? Well, I mean, you can like you can do that in the NHL or not the NHL. You can do that. I was going to say, imagine the, if the NHL was just like, "You're not good enough. We're terminating well, your contract." That would that make, would solve a lot of problems. I was going to say that would that that would basically <laughs> fix ninety percent of the problems the teams are facing right now. Um, but you can do that in the NFL. You can cut a guy mid-season. You'll have to pay him out in a certain, in some way. Like, but yeah, but in this one, I don't think you have to. This is why I'm waiting to hear back from the PA. Yeah, we don't know the, the sort of what the situation. Like, they they should have, at the very least, they should have like a, a termination waivers. Right, or you can terminate them, but you have to pay out their contract. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But yeah, we'll wait to hear. We're gonna follow up on that to kind of figure out. Mm-hmm more on how this works but it was interesting because she was in the top six she had i believe it was three points in six games yes so no goals with three assists in three games right she was in the top six one game then the next game she was on the fourth line and then she was a healthy scratch for three straight games Mm -hmm. and she was cut she had she wasn't even like contributing the least like daryl watts has two points this year there's another four that i can't uh i think it's Haley sakamura has four points like it's not as if she was... She's also a big name. Bad. And so I wonder if maybe it just wasn't a fit in Ottawa and they want to give her an opportunity to go elsewhere. But we're going to track this because I, I I was really interested to see kind of... Sometimes things happens. just don't work out, like you said. Yeah. And maybe she just didn't fit with the organization or the system or anything like that. But this is not just like a schmo. Like she was a very... And an it's obvi- not even like... I look at how they play. Like I watch how Ottawa plays. Hmm. They're a fast-paced team. They get in on the forecheck, and that's exactly what she's really good at. So it's like I don't even buy the argument that it wasn't a system fit. I just wonder if something just didn't click, and she yeah. wasn't getting the opportunity she had hoped for, and maybe this was like a mutual sort of contract termination, so she could go somewhere else. But I'll be interested to see kind of what happens. You'd have to think that if it was mutual, the reporting would suggest that. It would be, or, or like, uh, like Grant Mendes's side of things would make it so the reporting suggests that because usually, at least in the NHL, when stuff like this happens, 
Like if a player goes on goes on waivers for the purpose of ter- of contract termination, there's usually a, an ex- explanation. Right, but we also have to remember that there's just not as much media. There's no yeah, that's there's true. There's no insiders yeah. in the PWHL. There are people yet, who like but. to think they're insiders, but there there are not. Yeah. Um. All right, Rachel. Now before we get into our next segment, it's time to pay. It's time to pay some bills, if you will. Uh, and we are about to go to our Cantorque Tools deep dive. Uh, Cantorque makes rugged, hardworking industrial torque tools for heavy equipment operators around the world. They are proudly Canadian and manufacture everything out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada for heavy industry around the world. Their new website tells their story 20 years in the making. Visit Cantorque.com today and ask Colin for more details. We have a sponsor, folks, and it is the Cantorque Deep Dive. And this week... We're deep diving on the Calgary Flames. Where's the dog? <laughs> get the dog. Get, ta- get tax right off the dog. Where yep. is he? Where is he? Now, I'm hoping that a bunch of uh, rodeo folks, uh, stampede folks, don't come and, and flame us. Considering the deep dive, Whoa! considering that oh, I, I didn't even mean to do that. Um, considering the reaction we had to our last deep dive, Rachel, but... Things are uh, obviously not going great in Calgary this season. Um, they definitely didn't go great last year, but a lot. the thinking was get a new coach in there after the Daryl Sutter disaster, and uh, it'll be all good. Has not been the case. Yeah, let's... Um, so we're going to do what's gone wrong in Calgary, mm-hmm. and then we're going to have some fun. Yes, we are. We're going to... Because, listen, the reason, the reason why we're doing Calgary is because the trade deadline's coming up, and they are slated to be... If not the most active team, um, I would say the most speculated about team. They have the most tradable assets that people want. Uh, and if they really choose to go on a selling spree, boy, oh boy, can they sell. And it seems like they're at kind of a crossroads right now when it comes to that. So it'll be very interesting to see. But basically, when it comes to Calgary, what's has, wrong? Has not been the goaltending. I can tell you, I can tell you that much. Yeah, I. I saw a couple of people, not a couple of people, like a swath of people, mm-hmm. when Kelly Hrudy mentioned that Jacob Marstrom should be in the Vesna conversation, they kind of clowned on him. And I was like, oh, that tells me you haven't. Not only are you not paying attention to the play, you're not paying attention to the numbers either. Mm-hmm. Because his numbers are right up there with Connor Hellebuck's and Thatcher Demko's. He's just on a shit team. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well. No, no disrespect. Time I, last time I checked. Yeah. The Vesna is not for goalie on a good team. Or it's not like the Vesna is for most outstanding goalie. It's not for most valuable goalie. Right. It's for who's the It's not the, best. the heart conversation. Now, this here. year is Connor Hellebach. Mm-hmm. But Jacob Markstrom is in that conversation. Yes. Especially for what he's done. He and you know what's funny? What? Tristan Jari is also on the edge of that conversation. I'm which seeing, is crazy. I'm what's funny is because based on the based on the stuff that I'm seeing on Twitter. It could not be more opposite. Twitter hates Christian Jari. Which, yeah. And to be fair, he's not had a few good years. But this year, he it's the power play in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's the power play. But in Calgary, goaltending is probably the only thing that's functioning properly yeah. at this point. Well, functioning. It's not just functioning properly. Like, it's functioning in a near... Vez- is, by the way, is, is Jacob Markstrom the new Bobrovsky where he just is... Every like every other he, he basically year. <laughs> alternates being a Vesna level guy every other year. Like it's because 
obviously the year before he was nominated in 2021, 22, he was nominated for the Vesna. And then last year he was unplayable. Like it was, it was bad. It was really bad. It was like start of the season, start of this season, Edmonton Oilers goaltending bad. And then this year, now he's right back in the Vesna conversation at like 34 years old. Which, by the way, Jacob Markstrom being 34 years old makes me want to put a bullet in my brain. Remember when Angelo Esposito ran him in the World Juniors? Boy, do I feel old. I I, I feel like Jacob Markstrom has been a top goalie prospect. He's the he's he's a 34 year old top goalie prospect to me. Still, I'm not letting that go. Um, but so it's not Jacob Markstrom's fault. Let's psh, over yeah, there. Absolutely. So they're getting. Deep dive into the numbers. Let's do it. League average in the underlying stuff. So expected goals for Corsi for Fenwick for mm-hmm. percentage. Their PDO at five on five is ninety nine point one. So it's basically like it's as close to just sort of flat average as you can get. It's their average. Yeah. So without Jacob Markstrom in goal, they're a lottery team. Yes. That's a problem. But Jacob Markstrom was dra- dragging them up to average. But so there the- seems there's one big there's I guess two big things that are are. It seemed to be befalling them, Rachel. Yeah. What is it? So let's talk about the system one first. Okay. Their power play sucks, Mike. Yeah. Real bad. It's not cute. Their power play shooting percentage is 9.5%, which is 29th in the NHL. And their power play on the whole, 14%. Not great. Yeah, that's not ideal. And it is somehow still better than Pittsburgh's. Mm Mm-hmm. And the difference between Calgary and Pittsburgh is Calgary has zero Hall of Famers on its power play, and Pittsburgh has four. Like, you're not going to sit here and tell me that it, Crosby is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Malkin. Yeah. Latang. Yeah. Carlson. Yeah. Brian okay. Rust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, one of them I can understand if their power play isn't great. The other one, uh, we need to have a... Maybe that's a different deep dive. We've already done that deep dive. And it's still bad. And it's still bad. So maybe we revisit it. I don't know. Okay, so Calgary's We power take play. some Cantor tools and really dig under the surface to find out what's going on there. We might Cantor a, tools. We might need a like a backhoe for that. Yeah. But okay, so their power play is not great. Don't and talk it, about yourself like that. <laughs> their penalty kill is good, though. Penalty kill, I believe, is fourth in the league. Yes. So good PK. Ooh, the the top players though, and this is where it gets. This is a big problem with ugly. Calgary because they even okay even when they when it was the summer of Brad, remember when uh, hot Brad summer it had hot Brad summer where uh, you know you you lose you lose Kachuk you lose Goudreau and all that but you managed to replace him with Huberto and with Kadri. You know, and, and with Uyghur and all that, and that's great. But none of those, and obviously Huberto was thought to be a top end player, but none of those guys are like really like elite players. Like you find that a lot of teams that win, they have these like upper echelon top 10, you know, in that, in that crust, that upper crust of elite guys. Calgary doesn't have that. Nazem Kadri is a great player. But he's like a second, he's a second line center a contender. You, on a contender, you need high-end talent. Yeah. Vegas had a ton of it. And, you know, Mark Stone's a high-end guy. Jack, Jack Eichel, high-end guy. Shea Theodore, uh, Alex, Alex Petrangelo. Petrangelo. There's four, basically. Like that. But so I, you've got two forwards and 2D. In Calgary, Elias Lindholm is probably the, the highest value forward they had. And, he's and gone his now. shooting percentage was 4%. Yeah, and he's gone it's now. It's now somehow in the 20s with yeah. Vancouver and PDO go... Because of course, of course. But that is not when you talk about a foundation, you need a top end center mm-hmm. at a minimum, mm-hmm. a top end defenseman. Yep. Or like at least a defenseman that's capable. Mm-hmm. 
And a good goalie. And a goalie that's capable of going on a run, at least. Yeah, like, a go- I didn't say Vesna goal. You need a yes. good one. A good one, but a good one that can get hot. Because we found that anyone can get hot. Yep. And, like, Aiden Hill is having a great season this year. It's great. But, like, he had more AHL games than NHL games played but what going into the playoffs last season. And he went on one of the most insane runs we've ever seen. You know, Sergei Bobrovsky. Sam Montembeau has been pretty good. Sam Montembeau has been really good. But, like, Sergei Bobrovsky last year was their third goalie. If, oh, yeah. Basically, if Spencer Knight was healthy, he was their third goalie. Then he comes in on a run and, and drags that team to the cup final. So you look at it right now. You've got Nazem Kadri. Blake Coleman has been pretty much the lone bright spot. Probably should have got should have got the all star nod. And that is crazy just in and of itself, because so Blake Coleman last year specifically I love Blake Coleman. Okay, that's I my just, guy in New Jersey. I just man. thought I just thought you started punching yourself. That was really <laughs> no, that Pickles scared the crap is, out of me. Pickle. Okay, so the thing about Blake is he was still like AHL, NHL, almost like a tweener. Like yes. he really had to earn it. The year he was like his, he was in his Bobby McMahon era, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then he just played his like he played so hard and exactly the way John Hines wanted him to play that at it got to a point where we're like we can't take him out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because he was also like he acted as if he had that role. He wasn't one of those like fringe guys that's like, I'm here to stay. And that he, he was constantly earning it all the time. I used to babysit his dog. Yeah. Cute dog. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, when he's adorable. I, he's a, a golden doodle, but like a smaller one. OK. He's a cutie pie. But yeah, Blake Coleman is actually. But he Do was, I think that contract is bloated? Yes. No, but, but am I happy for him? Also, yes. Exactly. Like, well, I'm saying like that's it, what's wild is that Calgary's in the position that they're in when their goalie who was unplayable last year is now n- more than playable again, and when they're uh, they a lot of people would say their worst contract is actually what the lone bright spot. Like it's Coleman. Like the t- two of their biggest problems outside of behind the bench was Markstrom was being terrible and a guy who's making as much money as Blake Coleman is it wasn't pulling his weight. Now both of those things have fixed themselves. And now you just have uh Jonathan Huberto who's not pulling his weight and that's not great. But Andrew Mangiapane, this mm-hmm. is a different cuz he I've heard his name thrown around a little bit. And the thing about Mangiapane is he's actually from an expected goals perspective individually, he's getting super unlucky. He's created double. Mhm the individual expected goals that he's actually scored at five on five. Like he's getting extremely unlucky and eventually that changes. Whereas Yegor Sharon Govich is mm-hmm. the polar opposite. He's got like 12, five on five goals and he's created five. So like, that's not going to last. And Mangiapane is basically the, the opposite of mm-hmm. that. And we've seen Mangiapane score at the NHL level. We know he he's, has a 35 goal season. Yeah. Like, to me, that's just there's um, some unluckiness that's mm-hmm. happening there. But both Sharon Govich and Zeri are getting very lucky when it comes to what they've scored versus what they've been expected to score. I think Sharon Govich has been a bright spot as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, like that that trade is a great example of a win win trade. Mm-hmm. Calgary got a piece that really helps them. They address both their needs at that time. That helps them. We love Connor to see a Zeri trade like that. Is, young he's had some injuries i really like connor zary as a prospect for a mid-20s prospect if you can have a middle six forward there Mm -hmm. i think you're pretty happy with that absolutely now i think a one way to get mangiapani to get great again is to trade him to the canucks 
because that'll just change his uh that'll just change his his shooting percentage overnight like no um but (laughs) for like many reasons rachel you have a model that most people think is bad but it's fine uh most people including me think is bad Fuck your model. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so you ran, you ran a couple of these sort of like high end players, or I'd say most important players on the on the flames through it to I get ran some the player most comparables. Players. Yes, the most rumored players through it to get some of the best comparables. And I'd love to see what what your model pooped out. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's start with Jonathan Huberto. Let's do it. Uh, let's He's just. He's not getting traded. That contract. Yeah, no is one. Right if now. you if you if your GM willfully acquires the John Jonathan Huberto trade, you should euthanize that GM. Like that <laughs> that like it should yeah it should be bad. So Huberto's comps right now are Sean Monahan, mm-hmm. Braden Shen, Adam Henrique, who is an interesting mm-hmm. comp, and Michael Granlund. So Adam Henrique's getting traded. Yes. And because he is on a very affordable contract, I believe he's making half, if not less than half of what Huberto he's is. He's making 5.4, so that's less than half. Yeah. And Anaheim's probably going to retain so, that's so that they get... more, A little more than half. Anaheim's probably going to retain so that they get... Yes, uh, maximum. More, more yeah. back. So Adam Henrique at, let's call it $3 million, yep. is comparable to Jonathan Huberto. That's not great if you're Calgary. How many more years on his contract does Adam Henry have? Uh, zero. Okay, cool. How many does Jonathan Huber have? Seven, Seven, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I thought was an interesting comparable because Henrique is going to get a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Two of these guys have already like one of them has already Monahan gotten a first round did. pick. Henrique will likely get a first round pick How as well. How much are they making though? Is like we just yeah. went over Henrique. Monahan is on like a pretty bare bones. Monahan's on. I believe he's one point nine. Right. Mill. So yeah, and then Granlin's making five. That's an overpay, but Granlin's been better than a lot of people thought he would be this 10? year. It's not. It's literally half. It's so five. Every single guy here is making about half about half of what Jonathan Huber and is making. also signed for like half of the years. And Braden Shen got his contract after the Stanley Cup, so yeah. there's always a tax there. Mm-hmm. So okay, that's a problem. Chris Tanev, though, this is the first. This surprised of- me just because of the sheer sort of range of names that came up here yeah so for Gudis, who's actually been really good defensively he wasn't good defensively on saturday night i can so tell you that much that was the first plus minus is a stupid stat that was the first think about how bad anaheim is yes that was the first road game this year he's been a minus player that's it, crazy like we can say we don't like radko Gudis for and we don't reasons, but yeah on a team that's that bad to have that stat, that is commendable. That tells me you're good defensively. And that, okay, so now we've got Ryan Suter, who is actually still pretty good defensively, and Brett Pesci, who's, I mean... Phenomenal defensively. Yeah. yeah. So Chris Tanev, what that tells you is basically there is zero offense associated with Chris Tanev. Yeah. That's, he actually hasn't been as good on the penalty kill this year. Um, in terms of value, but I still think he is a very valuable penalty killer. He's a right shot defenseman, and so you look at this, Gudis, Suter, Pesci, those are good comparisons. The rumors come out that the Flames are kind of holding out hope that they get a first-round pick for him, but I think a second-round pick is pretty fair value. Or even, like, a second and a fifth, 
right? I think that that could get the deal done. That's probably appropriate value. That's I think what the first Leafs round are, pick are, is too much. That's what the Leafs are trying to do. They're ba- like, from what I've heard, the Leafs are trying to throw in two thirds because they have two thirds. So they're trying to give them their two thirds and and uh, I believe a fifth that they have. Um, oh my God, that's still too much. I still think that's too much. Too much for Chris Tanev. Yep. Really? Well, because if you look at the sliding scale, Michael Shuckers, who has a PhD in analytics. Okay. So before anyone wants to yell and scream, he's a full-blown professor at St. Lawrence University. Okay. So let's maybe take into account that this is a tenured professor of math. Okay. He's got a model that is a draft pick value chart. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds is basically the equivalent of a second. Because it drops okay. off on an exponential so would level. You, so would you trade a second and a fifth for Kristanov? Absolutely. I would do that in a second. No pun intended. I would think about it. I don't think Kristanov is as good as people think he is. No, no, no. But it, it's... If I'm giving up multiple draft picks, it's for Noah Hannafin. Yes. But what I'm saying is, I think Kristanov... Like, we also have to keep in mind that market forces impact trades sometimes more than their value and don't have to pay them. their value in a vacuum. And like, I think Chris Hanev would fit in swimmingly on this Leafs team. I think he's basically everything they need right now. Oh, see, I prefer Hannafin. I, I'm not saying that Hannafin wouldn't either, okay. but I'm saying that Chris Hanev, I think fits a lot of, a lot of needs that the Leafs desperately, desperately need right now. I mean, obviously they're, they're on a roll right now, but their, their defense is patched together. Like Marshall refi, Play yeah, but we're not today. talking about the Leafs. We're I'm talking not, about I'm, generally. No, but I'm saying, I'm just using them as an example. So, if I'm the Leafs, like I, and I'm the Flames dealing with the Leafs, I go, this player, you need him. So, yeah, I'm gonna, you're going to have to pay more. That's well, just the I way. Well, then I would just say that I'm not making the trade. Then they'll like, go great. Is, then you'll suck. Like, that's, but you know. But the thing is, is the Leafs are fine right now. They've won three straight I, games without Morgan Riley. Like, I know, but it's they're fine. But would you not? I would rather. No, do not give up a first round pick for Chris. No, 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 no. I'm not and saying that they is should. What Elliot Freeman reported today is the they're holding out. But I'm a first round pick. But if, we were talking about whether or not you'd you'd trade a second and a fifth for Chris for Chris Tanev for a playoff run right now. I would. That's just my. I wouldn't. That's my opinion. No. Okay. So we, but I think that's basically the value like any a first and a prospect is like completely not so banana like you're not getting that and you're talking about a player that brings zero offense and in the playoffs last year the Leafs issue was not defense it was offense Mm -hmm. and so why are you acquiring more defense that that is not a problem you have Jake McCabe like you have Mark Giordano you have so many players that have proven they are capable defensively you need offense from the back end. You need wingers. Noah Hannafin would be a perfect fit for them, too. So let's go to him. Yes. His comps. Uh, Travis Sanheim, Sam Girard. Two very good players. Those are two Sanheim, top four defensemen. Sanheim is having a great bounce back year this year. And obviously, Sammy Girard, uh, you know, is, is in we're the... We're big Sam Girard We're big Sam Girard fans, but also Sam Girard is a very, very good defenseman. They're both, like you said, both top four defensemen. Right. Now, Elliot Friedman also reported that Hannafin would prefer to play uh, in the U.S. long term more than likely. And so I think if he gets traded to a Canadian team, it's probably as a pure rental. Yeah. The two teams I think Hannafin probably fits the best on in the U.S. with like an extension yeah. type of situation are 
Dallas and Tampa. And we're going to talk about some trade yes. proposals as well. But I, I say think- Dallas is a Dallas would be I would pick Dallas as like a legit cup favorite if they if they added Noah Hannafin and obviously they didn't just give lost up. Hawk and Paw yeah. to injury. Now they've got a, a top pair of Haskinen and Harley. They really need somebody. And I think if your second pair is Suter Hannafin, and, Hannafin, and then your third pair is Lindell Hawkenpaw, oh. you're you're cooking. Oh, yeah, you are. You're heavens cooking. to Betsy. Yeah, so I think Noah Hannafin is Noah Hannafin is clearly the better defenseman between him, like Tanev and Hannafin. Mm. And so I think if you're giving up legitimate assets, Hannafin's the guy you're giving up the. Yeah. Like if I'm overpaying, I'm overpaying for, for the Hannafin. Better player. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of thing. They're both they're both pending UFAs. So if you're gonna if you're gonna break the bank for a rental for for one of those two for the the better guy, you better you might as well you might as well spend all your money on on a lease for like a Bentley than a lease for like a Lexus. You know, like they're both gonna. If I'm gonna pay, they're both gonna get you to to good places. But if I'm gonna pay a hundred thousand dollars for a car, yeah, and I can afford the hundred. If I can afford a hundred thousand dollars for an Audi S five, yeah. I'm just going to pay $120,000 and get a, a stepped up version, the RS5. Yeah, exactly. Right? I'm just, I, that's what I'm going to do. The other defenseman, though. Rasmus Anderson. He's got some interesting interesting comps and interesting he's things also, to he's factor got in. Left with term. Yes. He's got term left. And he's got a good contract. And he is having a down year. Which is. Whoa. So Rasmus Anderson's comps, Mario Ferraro, who's also kind of on the trade block. He's Sean Dursey without Sean Dursey's power play offense. And Darnell Nurse is another comparison. So he's what that is what that's saying is he's strong offensively and he gives a whack load back defensively. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he's not been good on the power play or the PK this year, and that is what's hurting that's, that's his value. That's concerning too. Yeah, I would be concerned about that. But to be fair, no one on the Calgary power play has been good this year. As we've seen with uh, Elias Lindholm, sometimes all it takes is leaving Calgary <laughs> to to for your luck to just completely turn around. Yeah, it, it, I think Rasmus Anderson is having a down year. He's probably at the valley of his value right mm-hmm. now. That the would... thing is, is he's only people are talking about him. Like I saw someone mention him in the same breath as Victor Hedman, and I was like, "Excuse me, Victor Hedman." What? Like, we're talking about a, a perennial Norris contender here. Just settle down. And teams, no matter what, fans of teams overvalue their players. We saw this last week with with all of the crap. Yeah. So, is Rasmus Anderson a good defenseman? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's a top four defenseman. Yes. Is Rasmus Anderson as good as Victor Hedman? Absolutely not. No. So I think when we're talking about this here, someone was like, oh, you need a, a first and a prospect. And a th-. I'm like, whoa. Let's pump the brakes. A first and a prospect and a this and a that probably gets you Victor freaking Hedman. Well, Hedman's not going anywhere. No, but you know what? Like, yeah, that's like a the player of that caliber. Yeah. Value. Like, you can't say... That a guy who's had, he's hit 50 points once in his career. Mm-hmm. Victor Hedman has hit 50 points, I'm pretty sure, in like the last four consecutive years, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to look that up. Russell like, Sanderson is an offensively minded defenseman who hasn't hit 50 points, who's hit 50 points once, right? So like, he's got great pedigree and a great contract. Like, keep in mind, this guy is 
he's got two more years left after this one at 4.55. It's very good. For a right shot puck movie defenseman who can chip in offensively, very good. Victor Hedman has 54 points this year. Yeah. It's, it's February. It's February 19th right now. So 54 this year, 49 last year, 85 the year before. Yeah. He's got a couple 70-point seasons. He hasn't... He's had... He's a machine, man. He, two he just seasons is. below 50 points. Actually, 2021 doesn't count because he, he was... A, like, that was COVID. So he's had one season below 50 points since... 2017 16 sorry man so yeah we're not having a conversation about rasmus anderson and victor Hedman. well this i mean obviously but um i think that this is why calgary won't trade anderson this year and i also think mario ferraro kind of being in this conversation is interesting because mario ferraro is rumored to mm -hmm. be getting traded as he should be. He's a good player on I think a bad San team. San Jose can get assets for him. Absolutely. But when we listen to the rumored packages for Mario Ferraro, those seem to be more in line. Yes. And I'm like, okay, if that's the package for Rasmus Anderson, then that makes sense. But if the package for Rasmus Anderson is one of your top prospects and a first and a this, it's just not it's happening. It's not happening. Yeah, it's just not happening. Like, that is not how that mm. works yeah it's just i mean like if you look at it minnesota got kevin fiala or sorry minnesota traded kevin fiala mm -hmm. who was a second line player and got brock faber in return which is just insane like that it's a win-win for both teams fiala has been decent for la and faber's been lol for fiala's minnesota been, okay fiala's been great for la he's been a point per game guy you know he's 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 been exactly what they want and exactly. but, but then obviously Faber is like potential franchise defenseman. Like he's right. You know, so it's like a guy who's challenging Connor Bedard for the but Calder. That's that's a one piece deal. Yes, that's not a like we're not talking about uh, a bona fide prospect and a first round pick yeah. and this and that. like no, that's not happening. You're not even getting that for Hannafin. Mm -hmm. Never mind Anderson. Yeah. Like, be so for real. So, why don't we be not for real, Rachel? Okay. Why don't we go... So, what we're going to do... We're going to do this occasionally. And by occasion, I mean probably every week or so. Is uh, we're going to go through Cap Friendly and the trade machine. Because people people hammer that trade machine. They spend and all day on that. we're reacting to them, like, daily on TikTok. We're going to so react to them. That. And then we're going to try and talk ourselves into them. Because it's easy to just sit here... And go, oh, this trade is dumb. Or, oh, like this this guy's clearly a fan who clearly values this guy more. No, we're, let's try and talk ourselves into some of these trades. We got three like, on. Tweak them. Exactly. We got three on the burner right now. Start with one. And this is Calgary and Buffalo okay. sitting down at the trade table and, and, and talk and trade. Hit me. Uh, so Calgary in this trade gets Eric Comrie. By the way, all these trades have 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 cleared NHL Central uh, registry. So, so they're calorie, they're, they're salary cap compliant. They're calorie cap compliant, absolutely. <laughs> um, so like, but they're all they're like these are not just crazy trades. These are all trades that that if they were proposed and today would go through. Perfect. So, so Calgary would get Eric Comrie, Connor Clifton, Casey Middlestat, and a 2024 first from Buffalo. And that 2024 first will likely be in the mid teens right now. But who knows what will happen with the lottery and whatnot and, and all that. Like, well, it'd be lottery protected. Yeah, so it I'm matter. assuming. But hey, it doesn't say lottery protected. 
Doesn't but it would be. Yeah, but so let's assume it oh, is. Okay, fine, fine, if you want to do that. But we also don't know what Buffalo is going to be like throughout the rest of the year. They can no, st- you're not. If you make a trade that isn't lottery protected, you should lose your job. Because we saw that with Ottawa, and that went famously well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to assume lottery protection here, because if you don't, you would lose your job. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but Buffalo this year, not great. Um, so that will be... In the teens. In the teens, but like maybe higher teens. Or, yeah, like I'm talking lower, 13, 14, 15. Lower teens. Yes, exactly. I'm not talking like the 19th overall pick. No. I'm talking, yeah. Um, so yeah, Comrie. So Calgary gets Comrie, Clifton, Middlestat in a 2021 first, or 2024 first. Uh, and Buffalo in that in that exchange gets uh, Jacob Markstrom, Rasmus Anderson, and Kevin Rooney. Yeah, that's not going to work. Where's the problem here, Rachel? So I think skeleton-wise... You could do something. You're not getting both Markstrom and Anderson for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at it, if you divide this up, it would be the first and Comrie for Markstrom. And it would be... You would do just that? A no, first? no, no. I'm saying I'm looking oh, at the oh, pieces okay, of yeah. this deal. It would be the first and Comrie for Markstrom. And then it would be Clifton and Middlestad for Anderson. And then Rooney makes the... Sort numbers of numbers work. work, yeah. Right, because that's an AHL kind of like tweener mm-hmm. sort of guy. That is not enough for Markstrom. And... That's not enough for Anderson either. That's not enough for Anderson. Yeah. So what would you add to this? So... Like your Calgary... First of all, I, I look at this and I go, if I'm uh, Buffalo, first in Casey Middlesat for Jacob Markstrom is probably what you're looking at. That's a middle of the lineup player mm-hmm. and a first round pick for a bona fide goaltender. I think you're getting now. I, I could see. I think you're getting more uh, theoretically because maybe, but I don't think Calgary wants to take a goalie back. They want to bring up Dustin Wolf. Yes. So Comrie doesn't make sense here. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of value, well, Comrie is clearly to uh, included in here, not from a value perspective, but from another body that also clears the the crease in Buffalo. Right. So if you're planning to waive him. Fine, but Dustin Wolf has to be the guy that comes up, mm-hmm. I think. So for Markstrom, the 2024 first in middle stat makes sense. I would add more to that if I was Calgary. No, but that's got to be like the crux of the Yes, deal. but I would be like, add like another, add like a third to that. Like I'm not, like just Casey Middlestat. Or, Cl- or Clifton. Or add Clifton to that, yeah. Like I, like if I was Calgary, I would say if if, if Buffalo offered me Connor Clifton, Casey Middlestat in a 2024 first that will, that is lottery protected, but will likely be you know, the 13th overall pick this That's year. That's fair value for Markstrom. I would, I would, I would be like, okay, I'd, I'd see what other offers were out there, obviously. Yeah. Because that doesn't jump off the page me, but that's likely the most they'll get. So I'll be like, fine, that's, that's fine. That's a decently young player. Like I believe middle, middle stat was the he sheer draft. So he's 24. It's crazy by the way. He's, he's 24 and it's yeah. insane that he's still 24. I thought he was like 28 years old. So you're talking about getting another young player, a first round pick. You get a, a, tweener kind of like a, mm-hmm. a bottom of the lineup defenseman yeah i think that works for markstrom anderson and rooney that's just no. like that's absolutely not a thing but i think there's a skeleton pieces here to uh, for a deal to be made so what would you what like let's say also um we didn't even talk about this side of it uh Buffalo doesn't need Anderson. Yeah, I was like, they why? have Dalene and Power and Samuelson. Like, they don't need offensive defensemen. Mm-hmm. They don't. And Samuelson's they don't need... not an offensive defenseman. But Dalene and Power are quarterback in that power play. So getting Anderson is completely useless to them. I don't think they need Markstrom either. 
like they have Devin Levi and and uh, and Uka Pekalukin. Yeah, I'm trying. To, no, UPK I think I think UPL, but like I think if you can go, but they're going next year for this. So what if you did? What if Calgary said we want Uka Pekalukin? Yes. That way, your tandem is Markstrom and, and Com- Levi. Oh, yeah, and then Comrie's in the HL. Yeah, right. Comrie in the so then you get Lukanen, Middlestat, and maybe a second at that point because Lukanen's a legit young yeah. goalie. Maybe it's a first. I'm not entirely sure about that, but I could see Calgary saying, "Well, if we're gonna go Wolf." Maybe we just go super young in the crease. You go Wolf mm-hmm. Lukanen or yeah. something like that. Because I think, I think the, Markstrom to Buffalo makes sense if you want to buy Levi time, which yeah. you should want to do. Yes, absolutely. But I think that like next year, uh, UPL will be like 25. Levi will have had another year under his belt so he can maybe flourish. I think that's a better tandem than you have Markstrom in here. And if you keep those three, like that, there doesn't seem to be a reason why you keep those. Like this trade in itself, yeah, it, it doesn't feels like a goalie has to go back. And if a goalie has to go back, it's it should be, be a UPL. Young one. Yeah, and it's not going to be Levi. No, definitely not. So, Unless yeah. you can trade. No, I don't even think because if you can trade Levi and Middlestat and get Markstrom, no, but I no. don't think you can. I wouldn't so, do that. I wouldn't give up on Devin. I Levi. wouldn't give up on Levi either. for a thirty-five-year-old Markstrom who, who, yeah. hey man, it's his off year next year. Like <laughs> you never know. Um, all right, trade number two, uh, and this is a three-way. And I had a couple of three. I had a couple of three-way trades here. Rachel literally next one because she just couldn't find any value in it, and I get it. No, I said he put it in the prep, and I was like, this is this is just the, for this all is just dumb. No. Yeah, but. Uh, trade number two. So this is a three-way trade between the Flames, the Hurricanes, and the Lightning. As Patrick Alvine would call it, a fantasy trade. Exactly. This is a fantasy trade, but a three-way trade. And frankly, I think this kind of gives everyone what they need right now. So we're just going to do what each team gets because if we're doing exactly. what goes out, it's too complex. So, the so Flames, we need what the Flames get. So the Flames get uh, Jesper Faust, Antti Ranta, Tony D'Angelo, uh, Jack Drury, Ryan Suzuki, Someone and Hootenen, H U U H T A N E N. I didn't put Casper the Casper Hootenen, maybe Hootenen is like I don't know. It's Hootenen. Okay, H U U H. Yes, that's playing um, overseas, likely in Finland. Uh, a 2024 I'll first. I'll be honest, no idea who it is. Yeah, I don't know if you've misspelled this or not. But no, no, that's 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 the right spelling. It's H U U H T A N E N. Um. 2024 first from Carolina, a 2024 second from Philly, a 2024 third from Tampa, and a 2026 first from Tampa. So to, to, to recap, the Flames get Jesper Foss, Antti Ranta, Tony D'Angelo, uh, Jack Drury, Ryan Suzuki, Hootenen, uh, Carolina's 2024 first, uh, Philly's 2024 second, uh, Tampa's 2024 third, and Tampa's 2026 okay, first. Okay, you need to simplify this. The Flames are getting... Three forwards, a goalie, a defenseman, two first round picks, a second and a third. That's what they're getting. They're getting two. They're getting two, two first. Firsts. Yeah. 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 Okay. The Canes get get Jacob Markstrom, Andrew Mangi- Andrew Mangiapane, and Connor Zary, and then Tampa gets Noah Hannafin and Daniel Vladar. So then that leaves you with Ranta and Wolf as your goaltending tandem. Mm-hmm. You replace Hannafin with D'Angelo. <laughs> Okay. Jesper Faust takes Connor Zary's spot. Jack uh, Drury takes Andrew Mangiapane's spot. Rough. Ryan Suzuki and is just firsts. there. Two firsts. Uh, 
First of all, I second and the third never happen. Yeah, this would never happen. Why not? Do you know how old men make trades in the NHL, Mike? This is fantasy hockey. That that would never happen. There are a lot of names on in this. Yeah, there's too many. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would never happen. I'm getting confused. Yeah, yeah. This would never happen. Carolina isn't allowed to trade first round picks, so that's out immediately. Out. There are certain players that Tom Dundon doesn't want Carolina trading, of which Ryan Suzuki is one. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, I believe Jack Drury, or no, maybe it is Jack Drury. It's one of, it's either Suzuki or Drury. I would probably say it was Drury over Ryan Suzuki. Um, Ronta I could see, Faust I could see. I think Carolina's tired of Tony D'Angelo. Carolina's not getting Tony D'Angelo. Flames are getting D'Angelo. That's what I'm saying. I think they're tired of Carolina's oh, yeah, tired yeah. of him and wouldn't mind. What a shock. <laughs> him out the door. Why'd they get him back? Like, why'd they? I don't. Um, you got rid of him. <laughs> I don't think the Flames are going to give up. I don't think the Flames are trading Connor Zary under any circumstances. Oh. They really like him. Okay. Uh, I would be I would be shocked if they traded Zary unless they were getting a star in return. And none of those guys hmm. that you mentioned are stars. Um,. So, yeah, there's a few reasons why the trade doesn't work logistically, and chief among them is that the Carolina Hurricanes don't trade first-round picks. And you're not getting Jacob Markstrom without that. Yeah, but I think, on a, like, let's let's take logistically aside. Let's just take, like, you know, every owner doesn't have their biases or doesn't have whatever. Like, on a pure value level, do you think this kind of works? Do you think Calgary is getting kind of what they want because you're giving up your two biggest trade chips here in Markstrom and Hannafin. You're also giving up Mangiapane and Zeri. Yeah. So, yeah, you do get enough in because you want to get at least a f- uh, first for Markstrom and a first for Zeri. And you got that. So there's your two firsts. You want to get probably you- at least a second and a third or a second and a, like a couple good prospects for Mangiapane. So you're basically saying you have a second so and a third. Markstrom, you want a first... An NHL player. Which is Jasper Faust. And. What else? A decent prospect. So Jack Drury. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of works in a vacuum. Andrew Mangiapane. want two picks probably. A second and a third works. So you, so now we have a second. We, and we have a second and a third right there. Or you want. Maybe you want like a Suzuki and a third. Okay. So that leaves. Or a Suzuki and a second. So that fine. leaves a second. So that leaves a third. And Suzuki and a prospect for Zeri and Vladar. Or Mangiapane. And yeah, and then Vladar. Hannafin is a first and Suzuki and Hutanen. Yeah. So I think it's, I don't know. I think it's decent value. It's this just is, way too convoluted this is one of the to more, make it work. But this is one of the more like even keeled, fair, fake. I Believe me, I scrolled through like 15 pages of trades to find these. And this is one of the more fair, like, ones I could find. Right. I think it's probably too much for Carolina to take in, Mm -hmm. in terms of interrupting their lineup. I think the Tampa makes sense with Hannafin and Vladar, especially because there are rumors that Hannafin wants to play in Tampa. That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Also a backup to they, Vasilevsky. A, Vlad, a, Vasi, a Vasilevsky Vladar tandem based is better than a Johansson Johansson Matt Tom Matt Tompkin tandem or Tomlin yeah, tandem. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Um yeah, like 
there is some sense here. I just think that that's too much for Carolina's. That's that's going to be a little too rich for Carolina. Yeah. To be giving up a couple of prospects, three prospects, an NHL, two, three NHL players off the roster, mm-hmm. and a first. Like I think they're yeah. going to look at that and say that's too much. Okay, and then trade number three. It's a rel. It, based on these last ones, it, this is way simpler. It's Noah Hannafin goes to Dallas, like we said. In exchange, Calgary gets Maverick Bork, a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Let's say in 2024. Okay, so Maverick Bork is a right-handed center. Mm-hmm. He's twenty. He just turned 22. Like yeah, early he's also lighting year. the fucking AHL on fire. He's projected fire. to be over a point a game in the AHL yeah. this year. As a 22nd or 23rd overall pick. Mm-hmm. I loved Maverick Bork in his draft year. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest, I think even Maverick Bork on his own should be enough to get you Hannafin. I am not convinced that Dallas want will trade Bork for a rental. I no. certainly wouldn't. Now, if Hannafin comes with an extension. Okay. So yeah, let's let's say Hannafin comes with like a... Because the one thing you have to point out, and it's... Yes, Maverick Bork is a high-end prospect. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played in the NHL. Like, yeah. he hasn't proven he can stick in the NHL. Yeah. Noah Hannafin has proven he's a top four NHL defenseman. He's going to have value. And so, yo, I don't want to give him up. Do you want a proven top four defenseman or not? Should you be giving Maverick Bork up for a rental? No, you should not. But let's say he comes with an eight-year extension. Then, yes. I think Bork in a fourth is more so than you, fair. So you take the second out of there, then? I think the second is too much. Personally, I think... I think, and this is the whole Calgary skewed situation where what they think of Hannafin. If Hannafin was like a Norris or even like a top 20 defenseman mm. in the league, then yeah, it's probably Bork in a second. Interesting. Right? But because Bork hasn't played meaningful games mm-hmm. at the NHL level yet, it's really tough to say that you're getting a top four defenseman for just him. I mean, as much as I love Maverick Bork, and I do, yeah, I don't know how you can justify that and say that that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, friggin' Jeremy Bracco was a point per game player in the AHL. you're a bag of magic beats. Yeah. TJ Brennan was a point per game at the AHL level as a defenseman. Like, mm-hmm. AHL doesn't mean... Garrett Sparks was one yeah. of the best. Well, one of the, goalies are different. Don't yeah, involve goalies. But, but he's, in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, he's, he had one of the best AHL seasons of all time. And yeah, I'm not including goalies in this yeah. conversation whatsoever, but I think... Okay, and then Noah Travis Dermott yeah. lit the friggin' league on fire. But that's an NHL defenseman. It's an NHL he's, defenseman, he's but he's... proven he can play in the NHL. He's like a number six. But he's proven he can play yeah, in the NHL. absolutely, yeah. Maverick Bork, as much as I think he's going to be, like, probably a second-line center in the NHL, hasn't proven he can do it yet. And so there is an inherent risk there, mm. and because Noah Hannafin has proven it, it's likely going to cost you a little bit more. Yeah. But if I'm Dallas... I, I like Noah Hannafin, but unless he's coming with some sort of extension, you are not getting Maverick Bork. All right. Well, Rachel, that's been our trade corner. Uh, we'll find a better name for it moving forward. But if you're interested in the podcast, uh, obviously subscribe to us on every podcatcher you can, but also on YouTube, on TikTok, on Twitch, uh, on t- on Instagram, on Twitter, everything, everywhere you can find. We have Mike's Meals for One coming uh, this week. We're shooting that on Thursday. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, and also the, uh, the Arkham Twitch streams are coming back this week as well. That'll be fun. Those are going to be on, I believe Wednesday and Thursday. 
Uh, I'm doing two this week, so it'll be great because, you know, Gotham needs us twice. Um, and uh, on top of that as well, donate to Jumpstart. Even if you don't hate us because we don't think that Yuri Slavkovsky is the second incarnation of Jesus. Go and donate to Jumpstart. Uh, it helps economically disadvantaged children. Uh, playing team sports, which is something that's extremely important to Rachel and I. It's our charity of choice. And uh, yeah, on that note, we will see you on Thursday. <laughs>